Hello, welcome back to uh, I'm Okay Though, the best podcast ever ever created, <laughs> said The Guardian. That's what they said, wasn't they it? They did actually say that. The Guardian said we had the best podcast that's ever been created. Created in the world. Don't Google ever. it. I think they might have. We won't find it. You won't find it because it was quite a long time. It was a while. It was something like that, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Week of the week it was in the Guardian. Week. So it's my mum that saw it. Very proud of that. Teddy, we've got an extra person in here. Teddy's causing havoc. Teddy is is Teddy. This is uh, Teddy. He's a rescue dog. He likes to um, hump mostly anything. (laughs) <laughs> inanimate objects and people yeah. so what if you're space? if you're just listening <laughs> teddy's a gorgeous uh is he a staff he's a staff gorgeous staff with some amazing sort of like like a tiger tiger markings and if you're watching you can see teddy <laughs> there he is having a stretch good lad um how are you I was going to ask you the same thing. I am, I'm in quite good shape, actually. I just came back from nearly a month in Ibiza. Wow. It sounds really glamorous. It does. It was, there was quite a lot of work going on. We went, we were delivering some mental health retreats. Okay. The first of their kind in Nobu Hotel. Lovely. Which was amazing. And then we were also doing some work at Pikes. We did some day retreats there, which were really good. Okay. And when you say we, who are you? Who, we are, are I'm Jodie. Yes. I am a, a therapist and I'm I'm the founder of Self Space. Okay. So, so when I say we, I mean Self Space. So Self Space, we're out in Ibiza. We were out in Ibiza, the first mental health brand to go over there. That's amazing. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. What an amazing place to be. We met some incredible people, Chance and I, who's the other founder of Self Space, and we. I think it, I think we're going to have a little home there, That's actually. So cool. And I I really think there's an opportunity. So if you know the history of Pikes, it was Tony Pike was a music producer. Um, and it was where Club Tropicana was filmed. Freddie Mercury has a bedroom there. It's got like steeped in music history. Amazing. I think there's an opportunity to do something with um, the music industry there. And yeah. I'm hoping you'll be involved in that. And yeah. Some type of Would love maybe to. kind of burnout retreat or kind of, yeah. re, I don't know, something for people in the music industry. Love that. Yeah. So incoming. But but I'm okay. So I feel more revitalized than I did. I think just being in the sun is so good for, 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 for your body, your your soul, yeah. Yeah. your mind. It really suits me, that Mediterranean kind of way of life. Yeah. So Me too. Does it definitely. you? I definitely. I feel such like, what's it called? Sad. It's yeah. Seasonal effective effective disorder. disorder well done um yeah i think I'm, i think everyone suffers from that do you I think it's just a human condition of like when the sun shines i feel vibrant vibrant i feel better about everything yeah i feel good i feel like i want to go outside do you so are you a sunbather because you're quite fair yeah see this you is do- a misconception i actually tan really well you don't burn people always are like oh factor 50 factor 50 out. <laughs> i mean obviously i burn if i don't wear something we should all be wearing factor 50 to be fair we should but, we should. but i yeah from when i was a kid i always went really brown and then i think i abused that a little bit in my like 20s did you put like olive oil on and like not olive oil but we, we yeah me and my friends would wear like Hawaiian Tropic one. Oh my goodness. Stuff like that. Hawaiian Tropic, but it's still amazing. Like I don't use it anymore, but I do get it from my kids. There's something so trashy holiday about yeah. Hawaiian Tropic yeah. that I love it. And there's there's a shop that I go to Marbella often and there's this one shop and there's always some lads in there, random different lads asking for dry oil. Really? I never heard of dry oil. Dry oil, dry oil but apparently it's something that oh. makes you tan. Dr- 
I mean, isn't oil not dry? That's all. <laughs> yeah. They might be asking for what I used to use. Was it keratin? No, it was, um, I went through a phase of, oh, what's it called? It's basically an oil that you put on once mm. and you'd never have to reapply. It's an oil with it's a an, factor in it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Factor two. You can get, no, no, no. You can get like. Is it factor, P? Is it a, yeah. yeah. 20. P20. P20. Yeah. So I would use P20 and it was, I probably for about 10 years was like my go-to, whack it on in the morning, you don't have to think about it for the rest of the day. And then uh, I used to go really brown on it. And then one year, probably because I've been using bloody P20 oil for 10 years, <laughs> one year I did the same routine, put the thing on, and I came up in horrendous heat rash. Oh, no, it's awful when you start getting heat rash. I've started getting heat rash. Yeah, you need to be really careful. I'll tell you what lotion to use. Oh, now I use Pisbeon Allergy. Okay. And I we're, not, we're not a sales team here, yeah. by the way. We're, not, we're also not. Not sponsored. We're also not. Holiday podcast. We're also not dermatologists. No, no. Yeah, just ignore everything we've just Trial said. and error. But I was just going to say something about... I... Really try not to judge. Like, as a therapist, you're not supposed to take... You're meant to be as neutral as possible. But as humans, we do judge. This is our natural propensity, right? And I've noticed that I've got a bee in my bonnet, and I'm definitely going to isolate some audience here. But So, when my kids go on holiday, even from when they were really small, I want them to be in the sun. I want them to get used to the sun. Obviously, they've got loads of like product on, yeah. and they've really flourished from that. So they don't now. They don't really burn. They're not not kind yeah. of um, afraid of the sun. Now, I am curious when children come out of hotel rooms, basically in full body suits, yeah. with caps on, with neck flaps, sunglasses, yeah, yeah. like zinc oil or something on their faces, and no part of their body is in the sun. Yeah. And I understand the fear around it, but there's also a part of me which is a bit like life. If we're not exposed to stuff, how do we build up any resilience or yeah. tolerance to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, vitamin D is so good for for us and for our yeah. kind of well-being. Yeah. And I notice that I take an immediate opinion about families that come out with with their children. Like, why did you come to a sunny place? Like, I'm curious about that. I like this phrase. Immediate opinion. <laughs> I'm judging you, but I'll say immediate opinion. Say, my immediate opinion of this. Do you do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. To your kids? No, 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 not at all. My kids are kind of. I think maybe when they were like babies, we were very conscious. Of course, and I'm but... not prescribing that we all fry our <laughs> children. Yeah, yeah. But there's maybe something about that in the world, which is. If we avoid everything that is harmful and that might be difficult for us, yeah. we're never going to be able to come into contact with it or kind of understand what our emotional response is. And the sun isn't really that, but there was something in it for me which was like, yeah. we just can't protect ourselves from absolutely everything and maybe that's not what we need to be doing here. And do you think that we do? I think that I think that we are defensive as creatures. Like I think we create loads of different defenses against things. Right. And then the thing we we're trying to defend against becomes so terrifying because we never learn how to deal with it or survive it. And I think yeah. 
you know, I, I mean, I notice it with my own kids and often clients as well. Like, I really want to protect them from having to deal with difficult things or rescue them from that yeah, yeah, yeah. that really hard emotion or experience. But yeah. actually, the gain is let's just live through it together yeah. and learn about it and come out the other side. How often in the therapy room do you sort of hold back your um, want to sort of like... Opinions or... Or like input, personally. I don't know what the right term is, but... Is there a sort of like professional, uh, is there like a professional line that you have to tow? I mean, obviously there's a professional <laughs> line you have to tow, but like, do you have, do you often find yourself wanting to, to give them advice as Jody mm-hmm. and actually being like, well, actually the clinical advice I should be giving here is, is this. this. Is that a thing? It's a good question that. Um, I... Ultimately, as clinicians, we shouldn't be giving advice, really, because the idea is to try to lead the client into finding the solution themselves, because otherwise it doesn't have much meaning for anyone. Right. If I, it's, it's almost like your parents. Like, if they tell you to do something, you're a bit like, nah, yeah, yeah, until yeah. you realize, oh, if I walk in the road, that's really dangerous myself. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, there are some occasions where I, I find repeating behaviors can become quite frustrating for me as a clinician. Right. So particularly with addictions, and I think we might have touched on this before, when I'm working with clients who are, uh, you know, moving into recovery, which is such an incredible privilege to Mm -hmm. be in the room with people, the part of me that wants to rescue them and the part of me that wants them to be well gets really frustrated around relapses or the narrative around bargaining, which is, well, I'm okay, though, I'm fine in this space and I notice I just want to say please can you not please because you're amazing and I just don't want you're so much better than this and you can't say not really no it doesn't really help isn't really useful Um, and and there are times where I've definitely given opinions and there are times when I go away from the therapy room and I take it to supervision and I might need to come back and say listen last week when I said that I want you to know that I shouldn't have said that or that might not have been that helpful for you. Tell me what taking it to supervision is. So so when you're a clinician, when you're a therapist, you need to be legally in supervision, which is um, I think of them as like a kind of my my supervisor's ancient and amazing. Yeah. And they're like they are somebody who effectively is in the room with you, but they're not. Right. So all of your casework you take to your supervisor and their job is to look at you as a clinician. What's she missing here? Is she too aligned with the client? Is she giving opinions too much? And their job is to basically call you out and say, hang on a minute, Jodie, you, you've missed this. Or, you know, it's really easy in therapeutic work to become colluding with the client. Yeah. Like, like a cheerleader. Or like what? a cheerleader or you're involved in a dynamic which is happening also outside the room, right. repeating in the room, and you might not notice. So does every therapist have a supervisor? Every good therapist will have a supervisor. Every good therapist. Every good and qualified therapist will have a supervisor. Obviously, a lot of therapists like work freelance or whatever, and they work out of the homes or they have an office or whatever would they have a supervisor they should do so so is that something you you'd want to ask 100% so if you're looking for a, a therapist you know other than coming to us obviously it's always no go to the BACP or go to um any of the registered organizations which 
will give you a list of clinicians and those are clinicians which are registered to that governing body right. and if you're registered to that body you have to adhere to certain regulations and that is being in supervision right and i i think it's a really really important thing we make you know i don't think you can do our work without having somebody else look at your the quality of the care you're giving that's cool i didn't realize i didn't know that was like a part of it it's a part of it and every session you not every session so the amount of um clients you see depends on how much supervision you have to have so i have it every other week but i have in the past had it twice a week depending on what your caseload is and what clients you're working with wow um and they're amazing people they become like a kind of you know they're 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 your champion but they're also somebody that you can you know we all make mistakes and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so important that as, uh, you know, whatever role you're in in your life, and we were talking about this before, like, you know, owning owning that is really powerful. Yeah. And and in therapy, I think some of the most transformative moments I've had is when I've said, I'm really sorry. Yeah. You know, I made a mistake there and I wonder, I wonder what you made of that. To the client. Yeah. And they might say, well, actually, you know, it reminds me a lot of what my mum does. Wow. And then you're suddenly able to make a connection to, okay, great. There's a there's some meat there that we can work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they might say, yeah, actually, I did notice that and I didn't say anything. Yeah. And, and then you might be like, well, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that repeated often in your life? So yeah, yeah. those moments, I think, can really, really be transformative. Wow. Yeah, so much going on, isn't there? Like that, you just don't. Yeah, are a... you good at? Because I know we were going to talk a little bit, weren't we, today about like how we show up authentically in the world yeah. a bit. You know what the persona is and and what ourself is, and I guess that's an example of that. Which is, as clinicians, we're still people. Yeah, and as people, we make mistakes. And I, I kind of, I wonder about what that's like for you. Like if you know, if you feel like you do show up often as you really are or do you sometimes have to kind of mask what's going on for you i think i'm getting better at it mm. uh, uh, i'd i'd like to be totally sort of like fully open and honest and transparent and be comfortable with that but the truth is that i don't like upsetting people yeah and a lot of my job is to make people feel comfortable enough to open up and write something really meaningful. Yeah. So a lot of what I have to do at the beginning of a relationship with a artist is I I often have to, you know, maybe... Maybe I don't love their their first stuff they're doing, but I see the potential. Mm, mm. So it's like, I'm not going to be like, do you know Critical. what? That's not very good. That song's <laughs> pretty shit. <laughs> God, but I think you imagine. But I think, you know, that's just not the way I'm going to do it. Mm, mm. So I've kind of like learned to, to be... Sorry, I'll pick up... I've kind of learnt to be sort of just like a bit more understanding of the process that an artist, you know, they're they're pretty like needy and vulnerable people that need a lot of uh need a lot of like love and encouragement. 
to get something out of them. So, so I guess it kind of like couples with my personality of not wanting to upset people in mm. in life. Mm. But what happens with me is I I go so long down the rabbit hole mm. of not saying what you need to saying say. saying what I need to say that it comes out somehow and actually causes more shit than it would have done in if the you first just way. owned it. Yeah. So it's, it's it's like this. I'll get a parking ticket, right? And I'll take the ticket and I'll not pay it and forget about it. And then it goes up. And it goes up. And then I'm like, oh, it's gone up. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh well, I'm not gonna. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll um, contest it. And obviously I don't. And then it go. And then I'll get another letter. <laughs> And it would be gone like, up even it's more. gone up again. And then I'm like, oh, but if I'd have just paid it. It would be done. I wouldn't have even, it wouldn't even be an issue. That's such a great metaphor. Do you think? That's like, an amazing metaphor for, for what you're talking about. What I do. And that is, you, you know, you've really kind of nailed something that is very common amongst us humans. Yeah. Which is we avoid the thing that is maybe a bit painful, maybe a bit difficult. Yeah. Ted. Are you squying, Teddy? Just Teddy, to... you do that too, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and because we think somehow it's going to go away or somehow we're not yeah. going to feel it anymore or somehow we avoid it. When I was younger and basically when I didn't have as, you know, when I wasn't earning great money, so I sometimes I would like get a parking ticket and I wouldn't, be able to pay it then and then i'd but no money was coming in so you'd wait so i'd wait so i'd rather pay double because i'd have the money than ask someone yeah or whatever or deal with it or maybe i did have the money but it was always that sort of like oh i can't deal with this right now Mm -hmm. but i reckon i'll be able to deal with it in a couple weeks yeah so let me just circle back to it in a couple weeks by that time Obviously, you're still in the same position and it it just gets worse and worse. And I think that's kind of how I do things or I'm trying not to, but it's definitely like. And what would you say? Because I I think that's, you know, a very natural thing to do. And actually, I think we need to try actively to avoid doing that because I think there's a great cost to you. Like we're talking about the financial costs here. But I'm wondering about every single time you swallow yourself in a in a in a mm. conflict in a situation, even the small things which is like, okay, that person was constantly late. Mm. That's fine. It's just 10 minutes. By the time it's the 10th time, yeah. you're like I'm I'm actually really pissed off now. Yeah, yeah. And now I can't hide it. Yeah. Or as if I'd said in the first instance, listen, it actually makes me feel Really, as if my time's not valuable when you're when you're yeah. late. Um, let's just both agree that we're going to try our best not to yeah. do that. Let's say, what's the cost to you in not saying it when you need to say it? What does it do to the kind of your inner world or how you feel? It, how does it make me feel mm. when I when I avoid it? When you avoid it, I feel like I've got. I feel like I've got away with something. I feel like I've got like. I feel like I've it's it's gone. I don't have to deal with it. So you feel like it you've won. Not won. It's not it's not it's not a victory, but it is like a space and it's breathing and it's like But does it not niggle somewhere? 
deep down. Probably. Because those things, they if if we aren't dealing with it, right, it lives somewhere in the psyche. And that is where things like yeah. stress, anxiety, yeah. worry, um, yeah. you know, different behaviors that might be yeah. coping strategies, drinking, all those things we've yeah. talked about before, um, everyday disorders start to come in. Yeah. Because we need to find another way to shut out yeah. the feeling of, really need yeah. to have that conversation on. yeah I think it's with me it comes out at night time and worry and, and like dreams uh, dreams and waking up really early in a panic yeah and then Horrid. going back to sleep and then having that like yeah when you when you when, you, when I wake up sometimes and, and it's all just like there yeah like it's all just like Matter. kind of like you know like a you know in cartoons when when they fight and it's just a cloud of fists <laughs> yeah and legs and stuff. it's aggro it's yeah, that's internal what it feels like. it's internal aggro there's that lovely story which I'll try and like really paraphrase really quickly now and it's called the big bag of worries and it's um it's about a little girl and um she goes to school every day and there's an old lady that sits on the wall outside her house and watches her go and she starts off her first term at school and she's just got a rucksack and as the days and the weeks go on, the bag she takes to school gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point that it's like bigger than her but mm. she doesn't look in it because she's too scared to look inside it. Right. And uh, one day she's like heaving this thing out the door and the old lady's like, what have you got in your bag? And the girl's like, um, I don't know. And the lady's like, well, you can barely lift it, love. Why don't you come over here and let's have a look? And the girl's like, no, I can't I can't look in there. And the lady's like, well, you're going to have to at some point. So she goes over and she gets her back and she scaredly looks inside and they start pulling stuff out together and they work out that, you know, that that one, that thing, that worry, that whatever it is, doesn't even belong to her. It belongs to her well, mum. Yeah. And that thing's just nonsense. That's rubbish. And they sort it out. Yeah, yeah. And every time she takes it out, she feels a bit more relieved and a bit more yeah. sorted to the point that she doesn't have nothing, but she's got a bag that she can carry and everything's yeah. not quite so terrifying. Yeah, I think that's And great. whilst it's a really simple, it's a children's book, yeah, it makes so much sense, right? Yeah. If we keep piling it in and leaving it yeah, in yeah, the dark, yeah. there's going to come a point where it's either going to, yeah, it's gonna slide out yeah. in a way that feels. Yeah, well, that's what happens to me. It just comes around and bites me. Like every time, it's just not. It's not worth it. Do you think it's because you feel that if you, if you don't, if you say it, there might be a risk that you might not be liked. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing you defend against. Which yeah. is, what does it mean when I displease people or they're disappointed in? Yeah, me? I'll feel. Like if I'm at odds with someone and we've had a thing and they're angry and I'm do you know what? I don't I often don't hold space for myself to be angry. Mm. Angus, it can be a terrifying emotion. Yeah. Cause I cause like if something's happened which equally has pissed both parties off, mm. I'll often shoo away my anger. And want to get them to like me again. <laughs> you'd rather you'd rather dismiss your feelings yeah. in order to secure the attachment. Yeah, because when someone's and when I'm at odds with someone or someone's like pissed off with me or or whatever, I can't concentrate. Mm -hmm. I can't function 
until it's like, until they say like, well, they don't have to say, but until they show signs that like you're okay, uh, we're okay, then honestly, the the feelings just vanish, and it's so weird because I'm pissed off too, <laughs> but I'd rather just get that out and you'd done. rather it was calmed, but, yeah. but I think there's. There's something quite important in that, which is like, we aren't often taught how to bear feelings. Like, you know, the actual, that's the easy thing, right? Is get them to say, oh, we're cool, or I love you, or it's all fine. Okay, I can feel fine now. Yeah. The hard thing to do is to sit with the discomfort of what yeah. it means to not know. Yeah. And how do we sit and bear that? Because that's where you reap the best fruit, which is like, I know that what the conversation that we've had was the one that needed to be had and yeah. they might be upset and they might not like it. Yeah. Can I bear that, the idea? And how do I soothe myself yeah. without needing to reach out to them for validation yeah. or acceptance? That's me. And it's a it'd be a really important muscle for you to flex actually, which is can I tolerate this discomfort for a bit and find ways to soothe myself which don't look like needing yeah. them? Yeah, 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 and I think it's a, it's a really important skill to learn because in the world we're not always going to be able to get that reassurance. Yeah, and nor should we, and nor should we need it. Our job is not to please others. Yeah, and so how you know I think we're not taught as children. Yeah, really, how to bear the discomfort, which is okay. You're angry now. Yeah, okay. Let's let's just be let's just be in that for a yeah. bit. Let's not try to abolish that feeling. Let's yeah, try to. I feel like. It makes me feel like, even with like work stuff, that there's no resolution at the end. Like there's no like patching it up. Mm -hmm. Like say like I have a fallout with like a manager mm -hmm. who manages an artist I like. Well, I'm in that thing. I'm like, oh, they're just never going to use me again because we. You Do know. you feel like kind of hopeless? Yeah, I, I feel like. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, and every time I see other people, like, f fuck up or do something shitty or whatever, and then they're back working with the people again. And I'm like, what? But if you feel... I feel like that's never going to happen with me. And I suspect they do end up working with you again. Yeah, yeah. Every single time. And I do end up being friends with the person again. Of course. Or I do end up, like, resolving it. And that's a kind of classic example of... So, so, so a really big watch out for, for kind of our emotions and experiences is when the feeling you have is disproportionate to the event. Yeah. So, for example, that is a really good example of that. Shall I say example a few more times? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Example. <laughs> that you, you, something happens, might just be like a small thing, but your feeling is like enormous in response yeah. to it. Yeah. Disproportionate. And yeah. we often have that about, you know, people will say, God, this feels ridiculous, but I I am obsessed with this thing or that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Then we know that's an old wound. That's an old scab that's just built the the, the wound is building and building. Yeah, yeah. This is historic. This is old. Wow. And those are the things to really put light on. Don't yeah. let them go, which is rather than just go, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm ridiculous. That feeling's like, yeah, this yeah. is not kind of equal to what's happened. Really take note of those yeah. things because that's like, okay, 
Yeah. When has this happened to me before? What does it yeah. remind me of? Where did I learn this? Yeah. Mine, I think, now you're talking, I'm just sort of getting to this <laughs> as we're talking, but is I must have something somewhere about not being picked. Are you the first or the second child? Second. Mm. There wasn't, well, sometimes that can be impacting, right? Because you were not the first. Yeah. You weren't the first one picked. And even when you aren't, we aren't picked. Yeah. You come into a space that's just not just, not fully yours. You were never just the one. Right. And so there might be something in that. What do you associate it to, this idea of not being picked? I'm trying to figure it out. Were you the favourite? Between you and your sibling. It's your sister, isn't it? My sister, yeah. don't know if I was a favourite, but my mum definitely, she, you know, she said recently that I was like the gold, her golden boy. And you were the So you're used to being picked, actually. Yeah, maybe. It's, so yeah. you're used to being the golden boy. Yeah. So how do I deal with the feeling of not being that? Yeah, maybe it's that. This is what I'm used to. I don't know the other bit. Yeah. I'm not, it, this, yeah. Isn't, this isn't. Because I would get, I mean, maybe that's why in sports as well, like not being picked in sports when you're a kid Awful. is so harsh. Oh my gosh. But you know, I that reminds me, and I was thinking about this the other day because loads of runners on a marathon or something when I was, was it in Spain or somewhere, ran past me and I was all caught up in it. <laughs> and it brought me back this memory of when I used to do cross country. Yeah. At school, and I was quite fast, but not the fastest. And I used to hide behind a bush because I didn't want to, I couldn't run through all those. You know, there's a few yeah. people, like just maybe like 10 parents watching. I couldn't bear to run through them and not be the first, not be the really? winner. But I also didn't want to be the winner either. I just didn't want it to be seen. I didn't want it to happen. So I'd wait round the side until everyone had gone. And then the PE teacher would be like, where have you been? I'd be like, just being slow. <laughs> but there was something about that, that idea of like... Do you think you could have won the race? Do you think if you pushed yourself... Maybe, you but won. I also couldn't have bared that either. Yeah. I'm very, I'm not very, I can't handle, I like being really good, but I like to be quietly good at things. What do you like when people like randomly buy you like a really nice gift? Oh, so now, oh, that's such a nice, um, I was talking about this with someone else the other day. Because my, uh, uh, there's somebody I know who in her adult life, she... On her birthday, she uh, she puts a chair in the middle of the room and she asks everyone to stand around her and she opens her presents and everyone's like to clap and cheer. And I How used old is she? Like now, like 45. I used to be like, oh my God, I can't. Yeah. The idea of that mortifies me. First of all, I was like, I can't believe what's happening here. Wait, wait, wait. How old was she when she'd do it? <laughs> well, maybe like all this time. Like this oh, is what happens so now. What? But but actually, like, and I don't know about you, but like when even when people used to bring me a birthday cake and everyone's singing, and I don't want people really to look at me, and I don't really want to be the centre yeah. of attention. I'm more like that as I get older. You, really, what you don't like it, yeah. But but now when I think about that and that that people around love and cheering and. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not take our space? Yeah. Like, why not have everyone watch you open your presents? And yeah. why not feel like you so deserve that? Yeah. What are you like? Do you feel so, overwhelmed when people? I wanted to give it back. Do you what? Give the present I want back to, give to them. The present back. I'm, I say I can't. 
have I can't like, I'm not worthy of that even though like so a perfect example recently was like <laughs> I have a friend uh called well I won't say his name well I have a friend and um I love them they're amazing and they got married recently oh yeah and it was such a kind of like low key, you know those weddings it's low key just friends mm -hmm. like no fuss like no first dance just like get a load of people together and they they were like can you like we want to we don't really know but would you like to dj and i was just like what i was like oh my god of course i'll dj like I, you know i love djing i love them i knew a few people there so it was like yeah great of course i'll dj yeah so i like bought my decks down set up and everything and like dj'd and we all had a great time and like they were like well, well how much do you charge to dj and i was like oh, don't be dumb like no I'd love to just do it, like, mm, you know, and sometimes it's nice to, you know, if you're a photographer, it's nice to, like, lend your skills to a wedding, a DJ, you lend your skills to a wedding. You know? Yeah. So I DJed and we all had a great time or whatever. And then I got a message a couple of days later and he he said, oh, when are you home? We have a little, like, present for you to say thank you for DJing. And I was, even then, I was like, oh, don't be silly. honestly, that's unnecessary. Like that's ridiculous, you know. I love. I had a great time. Don't worry about it. They were like, "Oh no, well, well we've already got it." And like, when are you home? We'll, we'll drop it around. And I was like, "Oh, well, look, come uh, tomorrow or something," you know. Anyway, they bought me a Hofner violin bass, right? Wow. Which is a bass guitar. Wow. And it. Oh, it's it's so amazing on so many levels because like so my friend is also a producer he he's been to my studio he knew I don't I, I don't own a bass I don't have a bass okay um I don't have a bass guitar so he knew that for, for starters he knew he knew that Hofner violin basses was my dream bass how did he know that because because there was one we used to share a studio and there was one at the studio wow and also, it's it's Paul McCartney's signature bass. Wow! So like, obviously, we always talk about the Beatles, and you know, he knows I love the Beatles, and it's the bass that it's my dream bass. Like, it's my dream guitar. Wow! And they bought it in, and I was just like, I can't accept this. It's so disproportionate to like the service I did that this present. You wanted to give it back. Yeah. And I said, I can't, I don't think I can accept this. Except you also probably really wanted it as well. <laughs> Alongside looking at my dream bass guitar, yeah. like, what? And I said, look, and then they, they were like, no, don't be silly, obviously. Because there's joy in giving, right? So they'd obviously thought giving. about it. And they wanted it and they, and they wanted to give it. And, and I was like, I was I said, look, tomorrow morning this might be on your doorstep. I might, <laughs> this might be back on your doorstep. They were like, don't you dare and all this sort of stuff. But, yeah, I'm very like... Oh. And I wonder if... Do you think that's a sweet story? I'm glad you accepted that. But do you think there's like something as, about how how do we understand our worth and how do we accept our value? And yeah. and those things, I think, you know, I think we're as people, we're all striving for meaning. So, yeah. you know, 
What do we mean to ourselves? What do we mean to others? How do we understand that we mm. mean something to them? Yeah. And there's so much meaning in the thing that you just said. It's not just an expensive, snazzy present. No. It it, it really means something. My ex-husband is a, an incredible gift giver. And he, he would always like, I remember once, one Valentine's, I was on the bus and we drove past this like vintage furniture shop. And I was looking out the window and I was like, oh gosh, there was like this old sideboard thing and oh that's so nice and then just carried on and he'd remembered and he'd gone and got it and he'd that's restored it and he'd given it to me so it's so and, uh, but and it wasn't you know i think it was like 20 quid or whatever but it was the, it was the fact that it mattered to me yeah 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 and i think sometimes when we're confronted with meaning like that how much you matter yeah it can be completely overwhelming particularly if we're not used to it as children yeah and that's not to say that we come from from deprivation in that area but yeah. it might not i don't know about you but when i was growing up i don't think anyone really got me as in really got my everyone loved me and i got i mean maybe not everyone but but <laughs> everyone loved me Everybody i felt loved. loved and i was always you know treated yeah but there was never anything that i was like that speaks to my soul. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. Like, yeah, I yeah. get that person really gets me, yeah, whether yeah. it's a book or a poem. or Yeah. And there's something about that when somebody goes, I saw this bit of writing or this song and I thought you'd like it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, feel yeah. really seen now. Yeah. And that can be really overwhelming to be held in that light Definitely. if you're not used to it. Also, we weren't treated. We, we didn't get treated. You weren't spoiled. No. So it's not used to, you're not used to it. No. We get like, my, like my dad will send me like a YouTube clip and be like, I think you should check this out. And it would be this song that's really amazing. So like, I do feel seen by my parents, but me and, me and my sister, were ne we were never like, it was unheard of to like. To be spoiled. To be spoiled. Do you spoil your kids now? Yeah. Yeah. Not like grossly. Mm. They they get grossly spoiled by their their grandparents. <laughs> That's uh, what grandparents on, are for. On to be both fair. sides, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I tried not to. But then I'm but then I'm also like I want them to have what they want. Enjoy like basically like there's this kind of trend of I mean I doubt it's a trend but maybe it's some parent out of these like fairs popping up in parks. Oh, and they're so expensive, aren't they? You they're think so like two hundred quid, and you've expensive, yeah. So, so this is the perfect example of like my kid. You know, my kids don't know that it's expensive. No. They have no like. They just want to go to the fair. They just want to have the best time and like <laughs> taking them to the fair. They love it. Yeah, of course. And so, my nephew is in town, and we went to this fair, and it was like grossly expensive, and we probably like burnt through like more money than I'd li I'd like to say like in 20 minutes yeah but what I tried to do to, with I was on the way to the fair I was like okay guys when we get to the fair you get three things okay it can be three rides it could be a game and two rides or whatever it is you get three goes so you've got to choose yeah so like we'll go around the whole fair and look at the whole everything that's on offer and that's a good idea right and we get three yeah like and I said, I said to my sister, I said, it doesn't matter how much it costs, they, they get they three. get three of them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like we, I did because I, I didn't want to be like, oh, you've done the bouncy castle, you've done the the Thomas train, but you can't do the the trampoline bungee because that's too much. You know what I mean? 
But, yeah. So if I say you get three things anyway, my son got it. Yeah, he 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 was like, okay, I've got three. I need to work this out. And he did. But my nephew <laughs> was like, he was like, oh, let's do hook a duck. Yeah, which is where you get a pole with a hook on the end. Oh, yeah, to get you hook a stupid plastic duck out of a bit of water, <laughs> and then the duck has a number and and you're probably on... never gonna win. No, you you win every time. Oh, you win you? like a plastic like. <laughs> Ball or bow and arrow or yeah. like a, a stupid teddy that's like <laughs> falling apart, right? So he was like, I want to do hook a duck. And my son was like, Oh, I want to do hook a duck. I was like, Okay, cool. Both that's, but just letting you know that's one of your goes. Like, look at this whole fair. You sure you want to do hook a duck? They were like, Yeah, I want to do hook a duck. Okay. They did the hook a duck. They both won a prize. My son won a ball on the end of a, on the end of a string. <laughs> and my nephew won a little t- little teddy, and then I was like, "Right, guys, what next?" And my nephew went, "I want to do hook a duck." <laughs> I was like, "No, dude, why don't you do something dude, else?" We've just got it. You can't do hook. Like he's like, no, "I want to do hook a duck," and my son was looking at him like, "No, dude, that's a <laughs> bad move." Like, but it was funny because he didn't really like. He didn't understand. He didn't understand. But also then it's like, I, I think to myself, well, if he wants to do three hooker ducks, and then that's, that's it, his choice. And that's his choice. And I, and, and like, that's me spoiling him, you know, or, you know, because I'm, I'm paying but, for it. But, but maybe sort of to draw us just a little bit back to what we're kind of talking about, which is around this idea of ourself and our persona, what we present in the world, how we feel yeah. and how we get seen. Like, what's the meaning? You okay, Daddy? I lie down. What the meaning is in it. I think I think we're talking around that idea, which is I'm not sure how hook a duck fits in, but I like the story. <laughs> yeah. But it's something about how if we don't show up authentically, we can't guarantee that we're gonna be seen. And if we yeah. aren't seen, we don't find meaning. And if we don't find meaning, we shrivel up. Yeah. That's when someone can't buy you a present that you really like because you didn't show yourself. It's yeah. where someone can't say, listen. I so know that you love the bounce, the, the 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 scary ghost train because you're you love scary things and you yeah. or whatever it is. But on a yeah, deeper yeah. level, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you don't show yourself, if you don't face the difficult conversations, if you don't arrive authentically, you are going to feel lonely and you're going to feel as if you are not seen. You can't find meaning. Mm. And I think the way that we combat that is by trying our best to show ourselves as truthfully as we can. Yeah. And I'm not really sure where we've been in this pod, but we've been a kind of round that. And I think yeah. I think it, it's a loose theme. It's a loose theme. <laughs> but 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 really I think that that's an encouragement to us all is to is to try to bring our truth however difficult it is in an environment. Wow. I think that's a lovely place to put a pin in it. I agree. I'm going to do hook a duck next time I go, and hook I want to. Do duck. they? Can you still win fish? No. Oh, no. Are you sure. Yeah. Oh, I, my kids it's want not the fish. Thirties. My kids want fish. So 14 years ago, we ended up coming home. Fish. One of them tanks with the coloured rim round the top, and Sid and Nancy. Sid. Sid and Nancy. I can that that has brought back that memory. Wow, fair And I hope fish. they still don't do fish at fairs. No, well, not this fair. Not this fair. Not this fair. I Just went to. Just did Rolexes and. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Choice. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too, and I'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>
And bye, Teddy. Teddy, <laughs> say bye to everyone. No, he's okay. just like sniffing in disgust. He, <laughs> he looked at me and went, shut up. Not having it. <laughs>